Good morning. I would like to welcome you to the Calhoun County Area Chamber of Commerce uh, Public Affairs meeting today. And today, um, we are very pleased to have uh, a couple of panelists with us today to discuss the upcoming legislative session and what we can look forward to and also discuss uh, last year's 2020 session. And um, our panelists today are Representative Randy Wood. Uh, he is a graduate of Sachs High School and Southern Union College. He's owned Woods Auto Body Shop in Anniston until he retired in 2020. Uh, Representative Wood was first elected to the House in 2002, and uh, prior to that, he served in the Cowan County Commission from 1998 to 2002. Representative Wood has served six years in the Alabama National Guard, and he's a member of the Sac Civitan Club, Weaver Lions Club, and the Paternal Order of Police Lodge 4. He is the current chairman for the uh, Internal Affairs Committee and is a member of the Veterans Affairs Committee uh, at the Alabama House of Representatives. He has also served in the past as chair for the Public Safety Committee and sat on the Rules Committee and Economic Development and Tourism Committee as well. And Randy will be uh, up first, and then we will have uh, David Cole from the Business Council of Alabama he is the senior uh, vice president of public affairs. He was born in Tuscaloosa and grew up in a small town in Akron. Akron. Uh, he attended Shelton State and then Auburn University and earned a BA degree in landscape horticulture. That's just an indication you can be born in Tuscaloosa, but you can see the light. Um, upon graduation, he moved to Atlanta where he worked for a landscape design firm before moving back home to start his own landscape design and installation business. Uh, he then took a position with Alabama's Farmer Federation in 2006 as an area organization director where he served as a liaison between the county federations and the state organization. In 2011, he accepted a position as governmental affairs department where he lobbied on behalf of the Alabama Farmers Federation and Alpha Insurance. In 2018, David was promoted to director of state affairs for the Alpha companies. And then in 2019, David accepted a position as the Senior Vice President of Governmental Affairs for the Business Council of Alabama. So gentlemen, we'd like to welcome you uh, to our meeting today. And um, we'll, we'll go ahead and get started. Randy, we'll start with you first. And if you would just give us a recap of the 2020 session. Okay, be glad to, Keith. Uh, first, David, tell Keith uh, anybody to go home and get abused like he's giving you with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> oh, man. I appreciate the chamber for inviting me uh, to this. And let me say that uh, when the legislature convened last year, uh, things were a lot different. We enjoyed record low unemployment and record high revenues in the state. We got started on February the 4th of last year, and we was hoping and thought everything was going to go great. And we went all the way through uh, February and most of the way through March, and all of a sudden this virus come along. And when it did, uh, we tried to weather the storm and we couldn't do it, so we took off for a month. And then we came back the very first of uh, May and we worked to the 18th, I believe it was, to May. What I'm talking about when we work, we go in session, when we're in session, we're usually there on Tuesday 
Wednesday and Thursday. That's that's what we call a week. And uh, you don't want us there any longer than that. That's that's long enough anyway. But uh, I just hope you know hope things is going going to work out better this time. But anyway, on on the other, when we when we left. Uh, to finish up the session, what we did, speakers, several of us talked, and we wanted to make sure we got, you have to get the budgets passed in the state of Alabama. It's man, mandatory. If you don't do anything else, you have to pass the educational trust fund budget and the general fund budget. You can't operate without that. Well, we also wanted to get local bills passed. So, because, and the reason we was concerned about local bills is everyone that has local bill someone had to pay for advertising on those local bills and some of them are very very expensive and the commission or municipalities or someone had to pay for it so we all agreed we would try to jump on it and get all the local bills out first and that worked out fine and then we jumped on the budgets and got them done and uh so we could go ahead and operate there were several things that we didn't get done that uh, we should have, but we just couldn't keep on holding it because uh, we had one senator upstairs that really, really got sick with it, and we knew we had to had to go. And I think he was in the hospital about three times. I think he's okay now, but anyway, we it was frightening stuff. So that's really kind of how the session went last year. We didn't get didn't get nothing done like we wanted to, but we we got what we had to do. Uh, thank you, Representative Wood. Um, would you now uh, tell us what you see are the upcoming issues for this coming session and uh, maybe uh, any major uh, issues coming up? And I'll discuss also what you anticipate uh, the discussions being on the state uh, state budgets as well. We're actually, we're actually better financially wise than we thought we were going to be. And one reason is that is when we take over as Republicans in 2010, we started what's called a rolling reserve act. And all that is, it's a savings account. We just had the feeling, you know, you can't spend something you don't have or more than you have and get by. And before we take over, uh, they was in proration every other year seemed like. I mean, and when you're in proration, uh, somebody loses their job, it hurts people. Sometimes they never recoup from it. And so we didn't want to be in proration. And we've been very, the Lord has blessed us. We have not been in proration the first time, but again, we try to be good stewardships of the people's money. And uh, that's where that's where that went. But this coming up session, we're, we are still, like I said, in better financial shape than we thought, not as good as we'd like to be but we still don't anticipate getting in our rolling reserve act because I think we can get by with still what we're doing. Uh, before we get in that, it'll have to be a dire necessity that we don't have a choice. And uh, that's two of the main things we gotta do is the budgets, like I said earlier. I'm looking at several things probably gonna come up. Uh, I think it's marijuana legalizing, uh, uh, marijuana's probably gonna come up. Uh, there'll be a lot of talking on that. I mean, a whole lot of talking on it. If it if we make it that far, and probably a uh, uh, lottery will come back up. Uh, we'll just have to look and see and just see exactly what goes on. 
Okay. Uh, one other thing, Keith, I'd like to say too. Yeah. Uh, we got some taxes that we wanted to try to get done last year. We didn't for the business company that uh, sales tax that we didn't couldn't do it because it had expired. So we want to fix that if at all possible, and where they can be taken care of like we had promised them to start with. Okay. Would you expand just a little bit on that? What? Would you expand on that just a little bit? Yeah, we got companies that, you know, come into the state of Alabama. When we go meet them, uh, talk to them, and let them know what we have to offer here in the state of Alabama, we you always have to put a little ice cream on the cake. And what we, what we do, we just, uh, you know, we'll tell them, look, so long we'll abate the tax that you're going to have to pay or something to that uh fact you know uh but anyway that, that's all that's what it's right about it's just like anything all your other states are uh shuffling around trying to get these same companies and you're gonna have to agree we've been very very fortunate in the state of alabama to have the companies and the type of companies we have we got companies in the state that's it's not no little cheap paying jobs they're good jobs that people can get a job there and retire there and uh, that's that's our main thing. We wanted to have good paying jobs for the citizens of Alabama, and so we can be taken care of. Okay. And that's primarily the the economic tax abatements and things of that nature. Then yes, sir. Um, okay, all right. We appreciate that. Um, before we go to our next panelist, to kind of let you know the format, we um, Angie sent out an email asking for questions to be submitted, and we've had some of those. Um, and what we'll do is when we get to the end after our panelists have spoke today, we'll address those questions and um, whether it be for Representative Wood or Mr. Cole and um, and get your uh, get answers for those for you. If you uh, in the meantime, if you have any, I believe that you can put them on the chat screen and um, Angie's going to try to pull those for us. We'll try to get those questions answered for you uh, as much as we can. Um, at this time, uh, I would like to uh, call on uh, Mr. David Coe before we uh, uh, go any further. We are thrilled to have him with us today. Um, he's he's getting ready for the session, just like Representative Wood is, and uh, their time is not their own once that starts. So, uh, Mr. Cole, if you would um, give us the BCA uh, legislative agenda and any comments uh, that you have. Thank you, Keith, and thank you, uh, Angie, and uh, everyone at the chamber. It's a it's a pleasure to be here uh, today. Um, yeah, uh, Keith, I noticed my friend Phil Webb is on, and and uh, reminding him that I'm an Auburn grad. I'm going to have to. He's going to get on to me for that a little later. But um, it is a pleasure to be here with with all of you. Um, first thing I want to say is um, I've worked with Representative Randy Wood for. I think going on 14 years now, and um, y'all are very well represented in the House and very fortunate to have Representative Wood um, serving as your House member. Um, we have worked on multiple um, issues. Uh, some are some are easier than others, but there are others, as he will tell you, that are that are just that are difficult. And um, but he has always. He's always been there. He works hard 
and he's honest. And uh, those are three qualities in the legislative arena that um, I know we at BCA and when I was at Alpha certainly do appreciate. So Randy, thank you so much um, for our relationship, uh, not only with BCA, but our personal relationship as well. Um, thank you, David. Uh, yes, sir. A couple of things that that he touched on will will address. One of which is a, a priority of BCA's, um, and the other we'll we'll be keeping an, an eye on that I'll expand on just a little bit more from our perspective is uh, the marijuana bill. Uh, we worked uh, last session. Senator Tim Melson uh, was the sponsor of that from up in he's from up in Florence area, and. Um, we are we we don't we don't have a position on it, but we wanted to make sure that uh, if if uh, medical marijuana legislation was going to pass, that it had um, language in there that uh, that gave businesses and workers comp. Uh, protection. And so basically from a workers' comp standpoint, we just wanted to make sure that the existing workers' comp statute that, that's in the books now, on the books now was incorporated into the bill and we were able to get that. But also if a business that's out there wanted to, if, if, if you're a business owner and you want to have a no tolerance policy, you should be able to do that. And so in essence, that's what uh, we were able to to work into the legislation and that was approved in uh, when the bill came up in Senate committee and then it we, we got that amendment tacked on and then um, then it ultimately passed the Senate and then as Representative Woodman you know then COVID hit uh, and a lot of a lot of people's um, legislation didn't did move forward after that, unfortunately. Um, so uh, in conversations with Senator Melson, we feel like uh, he's going to introduce the same bill that he had um, last session. Um, and so we'll be we'll certainly be keeping an eye and, and monitoring that as it as it goes forward. Um, you know, with the situation that we're in uh, the legislature, meaning, you know, everything related to related to COVID and I'll um, and Representative Wood, correct me if I'm wrong, but as, as y'all know, uh, the House is made up of three times the number of members that the Senate is. So the Senate, you have 35 members, House has 105 members. And so from a logistical standpoint, uh, logistical slash COVID related standpoint, it's, uh, it's, it's very difficult to do the business of the house because you do have so many members. And the way our state house is structured, architecturally, um, it's got a lot of little rooms, a lot of tight rooms. And so um, we really appreciate um, Representative Wood and the leadership in the house with everything that they've done, uh, investing in software and iPads so that they can still meet and conduct the business of our state um, in this COVID environment, but they're gonna have to, they're gonna divide the members up. They're gonna have members that are gonna be in the chamber and then spread out other members in the gallery. And then they'll also be in two overflow rooms as well. And they'll all be able to vote electronically. Um, the, the, the public, um, you know, that's still sort of an ongoing process, but the public will be allowed uh, in the state house and restricted to the first three floors. Uh, if you would like to meet with the Senator, you can schedule that by appointment. And I'm sure um, House members, if you contact them, they'll do their best to, to meet with you. Um, so that's kind of where we are on state house logistics as of right now, that's kind of fluid. Um, and that may, they may adjust that a little bit as the session um, 
proceeds. Uh, so we'll be, we'll certainly be monitoring, monitoring that. Um, I can tell you where I'm going to be on day one. I'm going to be over there in the parking lot advocating for our bills when that when when representative wood gets out of his car we're going to be talking about our our legislation um but uh we're really looking forward to that and getting back into session and uh hopefully getting back to normal sometime soon another um another bill that representative wood mentioned was was the lottery uh, gosh there's there's been a, a lottery slash gaming uh there's been a a gambling lottery bill in some form or fashion uh, introduced in the legislature for the past I don't know, several years. Uh, last year, um, Representative Klaus from uh, our friend from Ozark introduced a what we would call a clean lottery bill, um, and uh, all the issues that are flooded into a legislative session, especially at the beginning and the middle of the session as you start to go into budgets and have those conversations. Um, the lottery bill in the House just never made it out of committee, not because it wasn't a good bill, it's just there are a lot of other things that were going on at the time. Um, and then uh, Senator Albritton, uh, Greg Albritton uh, from Atmore had a more what you call like comprehensive lottery bill, which would ex expand gaming facilities and um, would uh, absorb the, the dog tracks. And it also gave um, uh, priorities to uh, the, um, the, the, the uh, facilities in uh, Utah and shorter. And so, it, but it was just a more comprehensive uh, version so uh, we'll see we'll see what happens uh, this session we're keeping an eye uh, you know on that um, but uh, I will tell you the the top three priorities of um, the business council of Alabama um, and I'll I'd be remiss if I didn't brag on our governmental affairs staff we we've got an exceptional staff we have had um, we have a very rigorous policy process. And so when we go and we advocate to members of the legislature like Representative Wood, you know, we we take we try to do our best so that when we get to the point and we're advocating on on business issues, we try to do all we can during the off season to make sure we're advocating with one voice. And that is the comprehensive business community. And that's why we put so much time and effort into our policy process. But we had 24 meetings uh, with nine different internal policy committees, ranging from tax and fiscal policy to education, workforce development, to judicial and legal reform. Um, and uh, we've got a really strong policy this session. And we've, we've, we've been working with the members and we feel we're cautiously optimistic. You can never get too optimistic, but um, uh, we feel like we're in good shape and um, we're just going to um, continue uh, advocating on these issues. But those top three issues are um, liability protection uh, for businesses um, from frivolous lawsuits that could be filed from those who claim they contracted COVID-19 while on your place of business as an employee or a customer. Um, now, this is not blanket liability. Uh, it is It is not, um, you know, you, you have to make an effort to protect your, your customers and your employees, you know, doing your best to follow, you know, all of the guidelines that are out there uh, to uh, to protect them. Uh, six feet apart, sanitization stations, you know, sanitized between shifts coming in and out. Uh, you've got to be taking, taking those measures. Um, otherwise, you could be certainly be held liable for, for any of those actions. Um, we're seeing where 
there are uh, throughout the country, there are lawsuits that are that are popping up on businesses and those businesses that are doing all they can to take care of their customers and their and their employees. We, as they're trying to claw their way back out of this um, out of this COVID environment, um, you know, a frivolous lawsuit could just even if they were to win, could 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 sink their sink that ship and sink that business. And so we want to make sure that so long as you're um, doing what you need to do to protect others, that that you'd be that you would have some protection mechanisms out there for um, uh, for a fr- frivolous lawsuit. We. Um, we were really worried about this because we knew, you know, obviously the gap in time between the end of the last legislative session and uh, a week from today, uh, February 2nd, uh, we were really afraid that uh, we would see lawsuits mounting, uh, uh, you know, on some of our, on our members and on small businesses, medium, large businesses. And so um, I, I can't say enough about uh, the governor and uh, Joe Bonner and Will Fuller, her general counsel, uh, who worked tirelessly with us, the business community, healthcare community, education community, trial community, uh, and coming to an agreement on a proclamation uh, that would give businesses, healthcare industry, education community protection until we were able to get a bill passed. So we have an executive order right now in effect, so long as we're under a state of emergency. Now that will dissolve when and if state of emergency dissolves, well, when it dissolves, hopefully it'll be one day soon. Um, and so, but that is certainly a piece of legislation, that, but but we've got to get it on the books to go forward uh, because the executive order will dissolve when the state of emergency does. So then we won't have anything. So we've got to make sure we, we get that on the books. Um, uh, Senator Orr is going to be the sponsor in the Senate, and uh, we're getting really close to have a House uh, member nailed down to to sponsor in the House. And so that's going to be SB 30. It's already been pre-filed. You can go and and take a look at that on the legislative website if you'd like to, or um, uh, you could uh, Keith or Angie can get in touch with me, and we can we can certainly get that to you. But uh, we're really looking forward to getting that bill introduced and, and across the across the finish line. Um, uh, Representative Wood touched on these earlier, but the reauthorization of economic development incentives that are out there, particularly the Growing Alabama incentive and the Jobs Act. And um, just to, I guess, sort of briefly talk about those, we could go into a lot of detail, but uh, Representative Wood hit the nail on the head. Those are, those are incentive packages that we have out there that those uh, uh, individuals in the Commerce Department, when they are going out and they are recruiting businesses to the state, these are incentive packages that are passed by the legislature, signed by the governor, um, that they use to recruit business. Um, There are several large, medium, small manufacturers that have been recruited uh, to Alabama because of these. But I will tell you, if, if we did not have these incentives in place, uh, we would be behind the eight ball in other states. And it is a, I cannot stress um, how competitive it is to uh, recruit businesses against, you know, against other states. Um, and so to be able to have these incentives that we can utilize and incorporate into contractual agreements, uh, it, it's it's very helpful. And it's a tremendous job producer, as uh, Mr. Wood mentioned earlier. And, you know, at the end of the day, we are we are all for economic development. We're for everybody having a job and we want to keep we want to keep 
we want to keep our kids here in Alabama. You know, we don't want them going to Nashville and Atlanta and uh, Austin. We want to keep them here. And so uh, we're doing everything we can uh, to make sure that we we achieve those goals. Um, uh, Representative Wood also mentioned uh, the, the CARES Act dollars. So so right now it's, it's not really anybody's fault, but it's the way our state statute is structured. Um, individuals and, and businesses that received uh, CARES Act relief dollars from the federal government would have to pay state income tax on those dollars. And so um, it's, it, it is uh, my understanding in our communication with the governor's office and Representative Wood and legislative leadership that uh, that's also going to be a top priority to address those before tax season really hits. And um, our, our small businesses and uh, individuals who receive CARES Act dollars will not be charged state income tax on those. And so that's something we've definitely um, we've got to got to get across the finish line. So those, those are sort of the top three, I think. Um, Representative Wood, you correct me if I'm wrong, but what, what we're hearing right now is uh, the legislature is going to convene on Tuesday, a week from today, and they're going to work three days the first week, three days the second week. Uh, in the Alabama legislature, it takes, from a procedural perspective, it takes a minimum of five days to pass a bill. So they're going to tack on an extra day if they need that. Uh, and then they're going to evaluate the situation after that second week. It may be a week. It could be two just to make sure everybody's, you know, gets tested, feels OK before we before we come back. And so um, our hope is that those three issues that we just mentioned will be addressed in those those first two weeks. Um, we've had good conversation um, and just sort of keeping it top of mind with legislators and um like I say, cautiously optimistic. Uh, so we'll we'll continue to to work those issues and, and move forward on that. One, a, a, a couple of other real quick. I don't Keith, I don't want to go too long, but a couple of other uh, priorities that we're working on is one is related to call centers. Um, we've got uh, several members that have their own internal in-house call centers. In 2019, there was a bill that was passed, and we feel like the way it was intended and the way it passed are sort of two different things, but the, we feel like the way it was intended was any call center, so for instance, if you're a company and you have a call center and you receive a state tax credit or a state grant or any type of benefit from the state, um, that if you were to pack up and move your call center to Dawson, Georgia, across the Georgia line, you need to give the state 120 days notice that you're going to pack up and move because you're re you're receiving state benefits and they need to be aware that they don't want you to continue receiving Alabama state benefits and you move your business to Georgia, for example. OK, so. Um, and, and we agree with that. That's fine. Uh, but the way the bill passed was whether you are receiving state benefits or not, you have to give the state 120 days notice or face civil fines and penalties up to $10,000 per day. So that's a problem. Uh, a business in the private sector that does not receive any state benefits whatsoever should not have to give the state notice before they do anything. Uh, especially if they, you know, if they're making a business decision, they shouldn't have to give the state notice. We feel like that sets a bad precedent. And so we're going to be coming back with that bill this session and basically 
just ratcheting it back to what we feel like it was intended to do. And that is only if you're receiving state benefits, you need to alert the state. But um, there's no no pri uh, private sector business needs to face ten thousand dollars a day fines uh, if they if they pack up and move. And the, the uh, another negative impact that that law will have is what if we were trying to recruit a call center to the state and they realize that law is on the book. So they're going to say, I don't I'm not coming to receive any benefits, uh, but you're going to tell me when I can and can't move or you're going to charge me 10. Th that's just a bad press. So we're going to we're going to work hard to get that fixed. Uh, we've got to feel like we've got a really good plan in place for that. Uh, uh, the last one I will. Uh, well, next to the last one I'll mention is classification of workers. This is something that we've heard from several of our members. Uh, right now, what we've got is you may have like contract employees on a job site at your place of business doing work and the federal rules and regs and the guidelines differ from the state guidelines. So when we have members that go online and they're like, okay, when does this contractor become an actual employee? You know, at what time is that? Well, when, when that contradicts the state guidelines from the State Department of Labor, it, it's just confusion. And the State Department of Labor is actually, and we've been in touch with them, they're actually following the federal guidelines, but the, the way everything is listed on the website is just is different because their statute, what they have listed on their website is in line with state statute. So we're gonna make a move to change the state statute so that it mirrors federal guidelines and we'll continue to do that going forward so that we're not having to pass a bill every time we have a new administration come in, it's just gonna mirror the federal guidelines um, and hopefully eliminate any confusion that we that our members have out there. So um, another, it's not a legislative priority, but another uh, issue that we always keep an eye on is making sure ADM is adequately funded. I stress the term adequately. Um, you know, we don't, we don't want state agencies, you know, with cash running out the doors. We don't want that. But per capita, Alabama Department of Environmental Management is the lowest funded environment, state environmental protection uh, agency in the country. Um, but they've got to, we've got to make sure that they're adequately funded because if, if they're not, uh, EPA's watching. Okay, and so we gotta we gotta make sure that, and we've got a we've got a good director and Lance Lafleur. He works with us a lot uh, when our members have issues. He's very transparent, works really well with us, and so um, we got to make sure that they they've got the resources to to do their job, uh, you know, to a certain level. Um, let's see. Uh, I, Representative Wood touched on budgets. Uh, they're what we're hearing right now. Their budget hearings are actually starting here in Montgomery in 29 minutes. The education, uh, I talked to Representative Poole, the chairman of the education budget on the way in this morning, and uh, that the budgets are, are, are in good, considering the circumstances, Representative Wood, they are, they are in great shape. And, and like he said, the rolling reserve from an education budget standpoint, that was huge huge that they did that uh i haven't been in i don't think we've been in proration since over the last 11 years 10 11 12 years and so a lot of that has to do with representative wood and their leadership um and another uh our other budget the general fund budget so in alabama we've got two budgets education general fund 
We're one of only three states that have two, but uh, we're making it work. Um, we were able to pass a bill a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, and it was called the SSUT, which stands for Simplified Sellers Use Tax, but that's basically internet sales tax. And the general fund really had no um, growth tax revenue that went into the general fund. So like sales tax, income tax, things along those lines, all that goes to the ETF. The uh, general fund budget's primarily made up of um, insurance premium tax, which is sort of a flat tax, um, uh, property tax, which is a flat tax. And so the, the revenue coming in was staying the same, but the, the expenses were, were continuing to increase, a lot like our Rebuild Alabama program uh, that we passed a couple years ago. Um, so the internet sales tax was the opportunity to have some growth revenue in the general fund budget. And so that has, I'm gonna tell you, is in COVID, I mean, we're, we're all, you know, we're for months ordering things online. And so that really helped the general fund tremendously. And just to, so the general fund funds some very important agencies, you know, I mean, there's, there's Medicaid, um, there's mental health, there's ALEA, our police force, um, you know, and, and, um, and many others, but, um, but the, the general fund is very important. And, uh, and so we're thankful that those budgets are flush and we like to see them when they're in that condition, because then there is no movement to raise your taxes, which we don't want that to happen either. So when the economy is good, nobody's talking about, raising your taxes. And so that's, that's, that's kind of, that's sort of the, that's, that's sort of, that's where we want to be. And so considering the environment we're in, we are, we are so thankful that uh, we're not in that situation. Uh, Keith, I've talked too long, man. I, we, we could, we can keep talking. So if you got any questions, just. We're good. We're good. Group, just fire away. Okay. Uh, we do hey, have- Keith, can I say something? Yeah. Oh, uh, they was absolutely correct uh, on the general fund, and we're attempting to do the general fund just like the educational trust fund is. Uh, it won't be called a rolling reserve, but actually build a savings account because in the past, I mean, we was always digging and scraping and fighting and everything else to get enough money for the general fund. Well, since the internet come along, that made it so much better. We can do some things, and we can also. Uh, save a little bit. So we're starting to do that. So we'll be in good shape in the general fund, uh, hopefully in the next few years, just like we are the educational trust fund budget. And that makes everything, like David said, that makes everything so much better when you got the funding to do it, that you don't have to call home and say, look, we're going to have to raise your fees a little bit. Fees is a better word than taxes. Kind of along that line, um, touched on a couple of things. One of the questions that we have, and, and we'll open this up to both uh, uh, David and Representative Wood. Um, going back to the COVID, um, one of the questions was COVID liability relief um, to be introduced with chan- what are the chances of passing and an exclusion for taxes on the PPP money and, and other relief. And then um, David mentioned that SB 30 was BCA's bill. Um, that Senator Orr that uh, is pushing that. And I think there's plenty of weight behind it with all the co-sponsors on that. But there's also SB7 by Senator Elliott. 
HB 19 by uh, Arnold Mooney, Representative Mooney and HB 86. Um, Representative Wood, would you or David like to expand on any of those other bills as related to the COVID, um, whether it passing or uh, the exclusion on the, the tax aspect? It's been discussed pretty much the liability aspect, but what about the tax? Uh, yeah, I, I'd like to say something then, David Ken. Uh, the only one I'm familiar with is Senator Orr's bill. And uh, I think, yes, I think it's got a first class chance of passing. Uh, they'll most definitely get it out of the Senate. And then if things hold out where we can work, I feel sure and strongly that we'll pass it out of the House uh, also because it is uh, it's something that needs to be done. It's sad that we have to pass stuff like this to keep someone from uh, causing hardship on others, but we have to do it. And I, th I think it will work. David, do you have anything to add? Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Representative Wood, for that. We really appreciate the support. We're hearing good things uh, right now, um, you know, in our conversations we have with legislators. And, and when you, you know, when you see comments they make in the media, that's typically the, the first thing they they say. And so we're we, we feel good about it. Um, did you also mention the CARES? several bills relating to the CARES Act. Okay, so there's a, there are several bills uh, out there. I know, um, and these are all friends, uh, Representative Mooney, Representative Witt, um, Representative Garrett, Senator Roberts. Uh, there, there are multiple bills out there relating to the CARES Act dollars, and, and that shows that that's, that's, a, that's a really good sign. Um, uh, there's there is a bill out there though that does several different things, including CARES Act dollars. It does some um, uh, some statutory cleanup language for the Department of Revenue while simultaneously addressing state income tax on CARES Act dollars too. I think you'll probably see a a bill like that. Um, and so uh, those those conversations are literally taking place today uh, to, to get. But but there will be one of those that gets legs pretty quick and it'll it'll um, it should happen, I would say, on the first Wednesday. The legislature come back on Tuesday. I think you'll see that bill in up and out of committee on Wednesday. Yeah, that that may be Senator Elliott's bill. Um, and uh, they, there's uh, there's at least four that's pre-filed, and I know that there's at least two more that are coming that haven't been filed yet. And um, I can tell you, I can't stress to you how important um, those relief measures are. Uh, the nature of the business that I'm in and some others on the call are, you know, landlords to small businesses, and small businesses are dropping big time. And that's in a... You know, I tell a lot of people, you better be glad you live in Alabama instead of one of these other states because uh, we have such a pro-business environment. And um, so, but those measures are really critical, important to the very small businesses for their survival right now. There's so many that are, are really, really struggling. Um, we had a, a comment also uh, more than a question, and it said, uh, mandate all government entities accept cash and in no way restrict those who do use cash, and I know Representative Wood, you've got HB 28 that you pre-filed that deals with coins and so on. Would you like to, to address that issue? HB 28 is what? What'd you say? I got, I got five already pre-filed. That's why I was wondering. Yeah, HB 28 is, uh, is your bill that deals with uh, 
uh, that would prohibit retail establishments from discriminating against a, a cash buyer or requiring buyer to use credit. Yeah, to be exact, I'd have to go back and read. Okay. But uh, yeah, with what we want to do, we just want everybody to be fair to everybody. We don't want someone that uh, requires one person to do one thing and somebody else to do something else. Yeah, it, it seems like that it's a corrective measure, maybe a house cleaning bill to, to make right. Right. on the same playing field. That'd be a correct statement. Right, correct. Okay. All right. Um, we have a, another one uh, that says, please, please consider legislation. Uh, which will make teaching a more attractive occupation. It's become, becoming more and more difficult to um, attract uh, teachers. I know um, Senator Marsh and others are are doing some, uh, have, have had some task force and meetings and attempt to that. Uh, David, do you, Randy, know anything to expand on that? Any? David, do you want to tell you only to? You can go ahead, sir. Okay. Oh, uh, yes, we got out. I, I read this thing. It's not a question. It's actually a statement. Uh, and we're all, we're continuously doing something in the legislature, trying to help our teachers. We do not want our teachers going to Georgia or anywhere else like that. And uh, we need to keep them here. We need to keep the good teachers, get rid of the bad ones. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we're working on several different issues. We don't know which one we're going to go with. And before session started, I sat down with several teachers, and KL did also, and uh, discussed some of these issues. So right now, we really don't know, but yes, it's on our mind, and we're going to hopefully, if the uh, virus will leave us alone, we can do some of this. Uh, and add to what David said a while ago about, yes, we're supposed to go back. We start Tuesday, next Tuesday. And we go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Usually Wednesdays is committee day, but this will be committee day and session day. Then we're going to come back the following Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and see what things look like. Like David said, that, that'll be six days. And see what they look like and see if we can go on. And hopefully, hopefully we can. I didn't allude to a while ago, but last session when we quit, we didn't have, but I think it was 21 days. The Alabama Constitution says you can't go over 30 days unless it's a special session, but we actually worked 21 days uh, to get done what we did. So if you really look at everything, we were probably fortunate to get done as much as we did. Um, just to kind of piggyback on a comment, we discussed budgets and the general fund budget and how our state's one of three that has two budgets. Um, for those on the call that don't realize it or are unaware, our general fund budget is somewhere around 80% earmarked. So it's very limited on, on what uh, what they can do with some of that. There's not a lot of fluff there to deal with. Uh, one of the things that has been mentioned um, last session and, and, and uh, Representative Wood mentioned that uh, um, the possibility of a, a a special call session that was discussed last year a number of times in relation to prisons. So um, that's something to our business folks that is uh, is very interesting. And any comments on what what you anticipate uh, the future prison reform is, um, Representative Wood, and then uh, uh, David, if you would comment as well. 
I think I think we've got a lot of work to do on the prison system before it goes any further. Uh, we keep talking and keep pushing the can down the road, but uh, there's just a lot. We talk about a lot of money there. Uh, and what my thing is, rather than go and uh, reconstruct all the prisons in the state at one time, let's just try it and try one prison at a time and see what it looks like. Because they tried to tell us that it would actually make money rather than cost us money. I can't figure that one out. But anyway, if it if it'll do what they say to do, let's do one prison, take Tugwiler, and do it, make it state of the art, and see if it'll save money. If it will, then let's jump on others. Right now, we're we're twixt in between. What do you think, David? Yes, sir. I I agree. I think there's there's there are several different options that are out there. Um, but but one thing I I I do want to um, stress. Uh, Prisons is is it is not an easy issue for leg any elected official, legislators, executive branch because it's not, <laughs> it's just not attractive. I mean, taxpayer a taxpayer is like you mean you're going to spend my money on prisons, you know? For um, I toured one of our prisons. Um, gosh, it's been two and a half years ago or so. It's not very pleasant, is it? Y'all, it is. It is. It was bad. I mean, I, I I grew up in small town of Akron, Alabama, and so our our gymnasium, we just have the the fans in the back of the gym, you know. But there was no air conditioning, no heaters. No, that's how that's what those prisoners are sleeping in. And you know, we'd be in there playing a basketball game, and you'd have you know 50, 75 people in there, and it'd be hot. But there are hundreds of prisoners in there sleeping two and three bunks high. And it is, it's inhumane. It is. And I, I, I tell you, if the Department of Justice does to Alabama like they did with California, they're going to they're gonna come in and they're going to tell you or tell us what we're going to build, how much it's going to cost, and this is how much your taxes are going to increase. And so if we don't do something, that's what will happen. And so we, we just... Um, we 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 can't let it we can't let it get to that to that point. Um, there are a lot of good ideas out there that are being uh, talked about and kicked around, and so we hope that um, uh, we we are you know we we don't have a position. At the end of the day, though, we don't want our members' taxes to be increased, and so we we are certainly monitoring that very closely and uh, have offered to help any way we can to to. To find a resolution to that, a, res, a fiscally sound, responsible resolution to to that important issue, and it's going to take all our heads together to get this thing fixed and fixed like it needs to be. Okay, um, we um, we have another one that's uh, more of a statement that we can get your responses. We we still have a few minutes, not long, but. It says uh, mandate that the ABC board have the same rules for all customers, i.e. if you deliver to one customer, the delivery option should be offered to all customers uh, and accurate inventories to maintain their online portal and prices increases and decreases are communicated to retailers at the time of implementation. Um, would either one of you familiar with that and, and have any comments on that? 
Keith, I wasn't I wasn't familiar that the ABC uh, board delivered anywhere except to their state-owned stores. Uh, I didn't I didn't know that. Uh, I'll look into it and see. But uh, only ones I'm familiar with is I know they deliver to their own stores all over the state. Mm -hmm. I think also on that question it says something about a drive-through. Yeah, uh, we'd like to see a drive-through, and and the state probably wouldn't mind that because. Again, with this COVID stuff, uh, you keep people out of there. Right now, they when they, I'm saying this, I, I don't go in the liquor store, but this don't sound good. But anyway, uh, used to when people would go get them a bottle of liquor or something, they could just shop all around in there like a grocery store. I think they cut that out where they can't go past the counter and. Uh, clerk has to get it for them. So I wouldn't have a problem with them having a drive through, but again, we probably need to talk with Mac Gibson and William Thickpen. David knows both of them real well and, and see what's going on. Uh, I'm sure we can correct something on that. Okay. I'm like you, Mr. Wood. I, I, I thought, um, now like a, uh, a, a privately owned liquor store, you know, something that's outside of an ABC store, I believe now, don't quote me, I'm, I, I, I don't know a whole lot about liquor either, <laughs> Representative Wood, but uh, I believe those those privately owned stores can only sell the same types of liquor that the state-run stores can, but the state-run warehouses deliver to those ABC, those, those state-run stores, and I... I, I don't think if the I don't I'm not sure if the private uh, owned liquor stores also purchase from the state warehouse or, or if those are deli or I'm, I'm not sure how that I'm not sure how that works. But I'm okay. like you. I'm not familiar enough on it. Uh, like I said, I know both of them real well. I, I wouldn't mind asking them to find out exactly what point. Yeah, I think the, the point on that one was to get some clarification. We had another comment that Costco windmill. And the yeah. casinos have delivered products. Um, it may be that we can get you more information on that, and you can check into that to, to get those questions answered. And let me uh, tell you something, Keith. Did you know? <laughs> it's kind of sad, but uh, ABC stores in the state of Alabama is the only agency that actually makes us money. Uh, that's a state state-owned agency that actually makes money for the state. Wow! Did not know that. Um, uh, the, uh, we have, uh, another question We've got about 10 minutes. So, uh, this one has, uh, Tennessee has legislation proposed outlawing, uh, credit card companies from charging a fee and tax revenues, uh, collected by retailers and others. Uh, any possibility that, uh, Alabama would consider some the same type of legislation. And it says that the charges are unfair to the entities collecting the taxes for state. Uh, and I know the credit card companies are ind individually owned, so I'm not sure about the legalities of that, but uh, uh, any thoughts on that, uh, David? Um, I, I don't, I have not heard of anything um, here in Alabama. Uh, uh, to that nature, I, I don't know, but we will certainly keep an eye out for that because it is it is important for us to um, we try to watch 
at, at least for, you know, we try to watch, keep an eye on all southeastern states, but definitely those states that are contiguous to us and what their legislatures are proposing, because a lot of times, you know, um, sometimes good ideas come from monitoring that and sometimes bad ideas come from from other states too and so we try to keep it keep an eye on that so I, I appreciate you giving us a heads up on that but we'll I'm not aware of anything mr. wood um, but uh, we'll we'll keep our eyes open on that I'm not I'm not aware of anything either uh, Keith on anything like that but it's like David said you know if anything like that comes up, let me say, I got a saying that we always use in Montgomery. We can fix anything, and we can also unfix it sometimes. So we can, we'll we'll address the issue if it comes up. Hopefully, it won't come up because uh, David will tell you we usually actually pass about four to six hundred bills uh, annually. Wouldn't you say, David? Yes, yes, sir. Or 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 fewer. But percentage-wise, yeah. it's a very low percentage. Yeah, and, and some bills are good, and then some bills are not good. So you just gotta, you know, pay attention. And yeah, from my involvement in, in getting legislation passed and those sorts of things, is there's usually anywhere from about twelve hundred and twenty-five hundred bills uh, filed a year, and uh, that uh, unfix something is what I call the law of un unintended consequences. It's a lot harder to fix than it was to get it right the first time. So that's kind of why it takes a while sometimes to uh, to get those uh, get things passed and vet. Just like uh, David had mentioned, uh, adding an addendum on a previous question or comment that he made on on some legislation that was there, so you can prevent uh, some things that maybe hadn't been thought about uh, from happening. The last question we have uh, deals with Adam, and um, I don't mean this in any disrespect to anybody, but having the smallest uh, Adam uh, agency in the country, I don't think is a bad thing because when you're in the development end of business, uh, you know, you go try to build something in California and, um, you know, there's a couple of projects we've been involved in in the past that's uh, three years down the road where if they were in Alabama, they would have been built and finished before you ever got past the regulatory process. So I think accountability is important with ADEM, um, but but not overly aggressiveness. The last question deals with ADEM, and I think the comments that David didn't mention, it says the uh, uh, ADEM UST trust fund fee is scheduled to be increased this year. Is it a per gallon fee uh, added to all fuel cells? And I don't know the answer to that, to, to either one of y'all gentlemen know the answer to that. I don't. I don't know it. Okay. Yeah, that that is something that we are keeping an eye on. But to your point, ADM can either be funded by increased permit cost on businesses, or it can be funded by state government, or in this case, in our case, both. But what we were seeing and why we were advocating for ADM to have some additional revenue is because. Alabama, Alabama businesses also had some of the highest permit cost increases in the country. And so we cannot have that. Um, you are right, there needs to be a certain amount of regulation, but if ADEM is not adequately funded, we got a lot better chance in dealing with Lance LaFleur and those seven commissioners than we do EPA officials out of Atlanta. And so we there, there's a, there's a balance there, um, but we we are certainly not for anybody being 
over-regulated or, or anything along those lines, but th- there's, there's that sweet spot of, of finding that, finding that balance. But, um, we, we, we don't want our members, you know, uh, permit fees increasing through the roof. So therefore we've got to try to make sure they're adequately funded by the state. So we don't, so we don't have that either. So there, there is a fine line there, but you're, Hey, you're exactly right. I mean, um, I, I'm, I'm fortunate that we have a, an ADM like, like we do and uh, their regulations are not as, as stringent as, as a lot of other states. And that is something we certainly always need to keep our eye on because anytime, um, you know, we, something we just always got to watch. That's right. And ADM, I tell you something else, is an agency that we can talk to. We can sit down and talk with them. They'll come to the table with you and talk to them. As a matter of fact, one of my bills I've got introduced is for ADM. So if I didn't believe in them, I wouldn't be trying to pass anything for them. Yeah, I think we're, we're very fortunate in a lot of the aspects that we deal with them that we do have. Um, one of the better agencies, I would say. Uh, well, that uh, that concludes us. We've got just a couple of minutes. Representative Wood, do you have any closing words? I'd just like to say I appreciate the Chamber for uh, this Zoom uh, time. I appreciate David, and I appreciate you, Keith. And let me say about the BCA, we're very fortunate in the state of Alabama to have an agency such as the BCA because they are – First class, they're a real watchdog on what's going on for businesses and not just businesses, what's good for Alabama. They pay attention. If it's good for Alabama, they're going to get behind you 100%. If it's bad for Alabama, they're going to fight you 110%. So I'm just I'm just thankful for them. I know a lot of their members, um, know most of them. As a matter of fact, they're good friends of mine. And, uh, again, I appreciate the job they do. And, David, I'm glad you're with them, David. All right, and uh, David, do you have any closing words for us? Hey, I, I tell you, uh, in my former life at Alpha and um, working campaign work, uh, I, just to reiterate, Randy is a y'all. Y'all have got a true gem and and somebody that I put a lot of. You know, you don't. I'm just going to tell you, I don't trust a whole lot of people over there at the corner of Washington and Union, uh, but Randy's one of them, and uh, y'all have got a good one there. But look. Thank you to the chamber. Um, I want I want you to know that we are we are uh, working hard to um, continuing to develop our partnership. And uh, you know we work for you guys. Uh, y'all are on the y'all are on the front lines. And so anything that myself or or our staff uh, can do for you, please don't hesitate to to contact us. And um, we look forward to the opportunity of getting you involved and engaged in some legislative issues and, you know, down the road, but um, we're here for you. So please let us know if there's anything we can do for you. Um, thank you, David. And gentlemen, we greatly appreciate your time this morning and being with us uh, and sharing your words of wisdom. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a good thing to have these types of meetings to inform the business people of the community. Um, that uh, at least with our chamber, we're very fortunate to have members that support our community and support our efforts. Our chamber's really stepped up uh, the public affairs the last few years, and uh, Andy's done an excellent job with that, and uh, the chamber has as a whole, and we're very thankful for them and the chamber partners. Um, With that, uh, this public affairs uh, committee uh, meeting, uh, we will uh, 
we will end. And I thank everyone who registered and attended today. And uh, we'll have some more updates in the future. I hope that all of you have a very blessed day and uh, keep be safe. Thank you.